Today, we're talking about a question most marketers have never asked themselves. What does my brand sound like? Because it turns out that audio can be important to a brand's identity. In our last episode, we talked about distinctive assets, those little brand identifiers that are easily recognizable to consumers. But there, we focused on visual assets, things like logos, labels, mascots, But sound can also be a distinctive asset. Some of them can be just as well-known as visual icons like Nike's swoosh or McDonald's golden arches. Many people don't even realize how many of these iconic brand sounds they already know. They tell us we're ready to chill. Or get to work. They tell us where to eat. They remind us which brands are putting us in touch with each other. And which companies are entertaining us. Some sounds can evoke not just a brand, but can even become synonymous with an emotion. The Jaws theme doesn't just stand for the movie, or for sharks, but is a trigger for the emotion of fear. The fact that you may recognize a brand instantly from a sound is what we call sonic branding. My definition is it's a strategic use of sound as a distinctive brand asset. And uh, sound uh, can be voice, uh, can be a sonic logo, uh, can be brand music. Uh, so, and of course, um, there's a commercial aspect of it. Sonic branding uh, has to influence the people to buy the brand more or to, to become familiar with the brand. That is the sonic branding expert at VAR, the media agency behind the major public broadcaster here in Belgium. My name is uh, Dirk Soutens. Um, I have an experience of, of 20 years in uh, research. I'm um, working for the Belgian uh, sales house. We work for the public broadcaster um, in uh, the north of Belgium. So we have like radio stations with, um, let's let's say, classic commercial breaks. Uh, uh, If you listen to the radio, you have, for instance, just before the news, you have a a commercial break. Uh, And that's airtime we sell. So if you want to be on that radio station, uh, um, and uh, VRT has 60% market share, so you have to to contact VAR if you want to have airtime. But we have an approach that we want to be more than just a seller, so we invest in research like this to give uh, more advice, to give rules, give learnings, to be more than, than, than a seller, to be a partner of the advertiser. The research Dirk mentioned is the sonic branding research that he does with Insights Consulting. But we'll get to more of that in a minute. Now, because they're a radio advertising space on a major broadcaster, they want to offer smart insights to their advertisers on creating a sonic brand. It's amazing, uh, just with a few seconds of sounds, people are 
capable of not only uh, to recall the the, the 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 campaign, but also to attribute it correctly to the to the correct brand, and that's an eye opener for the whole market because people thought uh, that uh, some things like that were only possible with visual distinctive assets. Uh, and most of the time, sound is um, yeah, undervalued uh, uh, by advertisers or by marketeers. An interesting aspect to consider here is that while the industries become so focused on the visual side of branding, there was a time before streaming or TV became the dominant media in modern life. And there were brands focused on early versions of sonic branding for radio. Hello, amigo. I'm Chiquita Banana, and I've come to say bananas have to ripen in a certain way, and when they're flecked with brown and have a golden hue, bananas taste the best and are the best for you. But Dirk hinted that sonic branding has come a long way from just a jingle. Brands now incorporate the sound into their complete brand guidelines. Well, it's the um, equivalent of, of a, a logo, of a, of a visual logo. So most um, marketers have a brand book uh, that's uh, a lot of pages. And um, yeah, it gives details about every aspect of, of the logo, the colors and the, the baseline, the tagline. Uh, but if you ask, do you have um, sonic guidelines as well? Um, yeah, most of the time, uh, that answer is silence. But having a jingle doesn't guarantee you have a sonic brand. Frequently, most people we are working with um, are production companies or um, uh, marketing managers, and they say, well, we have a jingle. We used it already uh, for years, so we have sonic branding. But if you talk with um, the, the sound production agencies uh, who are specialized, specialized in this kind of, of uh, things, they say, well, it has to be more than that. It's, it's um, yeah, if they explain how they work, they ask uh, clients to to give their mission and their vision of of, uh, of the brand or the, or the, uh, the the advertiser, and they um, develop um, a sound which um, yeah is the illustration of that mission and vision. But what does good sonic branding actually get you? The good examples are. Um, giving a lot of recall and attribution, uh, and it influences the, the the marketing metrics as well. So people are more familiar with the brands. Uh, it gives them uh, a sense of uh, well, that's a safe brand. Uh, I recognize it. I trust it. Uh, I will buy it. So uh, we see that um, the brands or the the advertising. Uh, who who uses sonic branding uh, are better in all the uh, metrics. They are liked more. Um, people uh, understand more the message. Uh, they are considering the brand more. So uh, if you succeed in uh, in yeah placing uh, your brand in the brain, it's like having gold uh, for a marketeer. This recall and attribution boils down to being distinctive, 
hence the notion of distinctive assets. And Dirk says the future looks big for Sonic branding. The people who are investing in it today will be ha will have a competitive advantage in the future uh, because you have uh, the arrival of, uh, for instance, smart speakers, you have uh, voice technology. Uh, it will only become more important uh, in the future. So uh, people or brands who are investing in Sonic branding will have uh, the future with them. Uh, the, a lot of, of people even say that there's a sonic revolution going on. So people, uh, brands have to be prepared for that. In the podcast world, we love the sound of a sonic brand revolution. But this new age of audio needs to cater for a different reality that includes audiences that span the globe. If, if you have to um, do it correctly, it's very important that uh, it's suitable for all cultures, for, for example. And if, if you listen to the example of, of MasterCard, they want to have to, to roll out it, to, to, to have it uh, worldwide. So it's very important not just to make a decision overnight because uh, it can be used and will be used for years in all different countries. The, the main theme of um, the Sonic logo always have to remain the same. Uh, so um, there are examples of um, uh, brands who have an adapted Sonic uh, approach uh, for each country or for each culture. But uh, if you look at it from an um, sound expert uh, view, you see that the, the rhythm or the sound or the, the, the notes are still the same. So you can um, make like a, a sonic brand book and say, well, you, there are some uh, rules you have to follow, but you can make, for instance, like a Christmas version of, of, of the sound, or you can make um, yeah, a, a football version of the, of the sound, but uh, you have to follow the brand book. The best Sonic brands understand this. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. The good examples um, do give emotion uh, to the brand. You can um, yeah, make a sound and uh, let's say not very professional or just uh, to recall a few uh, tunes, uh, but it uh, does not give emotion to listeners, for instance. They just recall it, but it doesn't give an, uh, an image to the brand. Um, the, so the good examples are um, when you hear like the image in the sound. It's, it's very hard to tell, but uh, if, if you, you hear it, you understand what I say. An important aspect of what VAR does with us at Insights is measure how well brands are doing with their sonic branding. Dirk talked us through how VAR thinks about research in this domain. Well, it's, it's very important to do it um, in an implicit way because um, yeah, I have, um, I've seen a lot of research studies um, the past years and most of the time they are very rational um, and there are um, yeah, a lot of uh, figures in it. But if you look at how people behave, 90% uh, of the 
decisions uh, are made by the um, implicit part of, of the brain, like, like say the system system one, system two difference. Uh, it's um, you do it without thinking. Uh, so, and that's um, mainly the domain of uh, sound branding as well. Um, you don't have to listen very carefully to be exposed. Uh, we do uh, 200 um, commercials a year, so we, we often test the same brand again and again. Uh, and sometimes, yeah, um, the attribution um, can be better. So it's important because if people don't know who which brand is behind the message, it's um, not a very successful campaign. So we often say, well, let's put your branding in the beginning of the commercial. Uh, so um, most of the time people think uh, like creative people and say, oh, we have like a storytelling uh, and people listen. And at the end of the commercial, we reveal the, the brand and that's the way to do it. Um, well, more and more, it's, it's more like, yeah, you have your distinctive assets, use them. Don't be afraid, don't be shy. Um, if, if people know your brand behind the message, that has to be the result in the first place. We asked Dirk what his one piece of advice would be for a brand that was just starting the journey of defining their sonic brand. The most people are uh, um, a bit uncertain uh, because um, it has to, Today it has to be have an immediate effect, and and some people are a, a bit um, yeah, disappointed uh, when you look at it in the short term. Uh, um, it's it's clear that you, if you want to have your uh, sonic branding known by a lot of people, that takes a lot of time, and you have to integrate it in all your touch points. So it's not something which is um, realized in, in a very short term. You have to invest in it and it um, will take a lot of time. So my suggestion is um, don't evaluate it in the short term uh, and don't stop it if it has not the expected result uh, after a few weeks. Um, it takes a lot of time, but there's one medium who can help in it and speed up that process, and that's, that's radio. When you think of all the things that define a brand, don't forget about sound. Because sound can be an important distinctive asset, just like visuals. With the new flourishing of audio media, brands need to define what they sound like, not just what they look like. This is a continuation of our series of episodes on brand religions. For more info on distinctive assets, you can read our brand religions books at insights-consulting.com. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today's show was produced by Katya Polini, Felix Rumpf, and me, Farrell Styers. I also did the mixing and tech production. Thanks to Dirk and everyone at VAR for their help on today's episode. And thanks to all of you for listening.